In the following live session recording, Bill Hegedus, family pastor of Bethlehem Church in Bethlehem, Georgia, discusses creativity in kids' ministry. Do you ever feel like you're stuck in a rut in kids' ministry? The listener will hear from one of the most creative family pastors in the country to see how to take the kids' ministry at your church to the next level. Let's join Bill now. Well, again, my name is Bill, uh, and uh, I've actually been doing ministry for over 20 years. I started out actually as a children's pastor at church plant, and we had four kids, and we met in the hallway <clears throat> of a banquet facility. And the hallway was not even as big as the hallway that was out here. I mean, it was really small and really little, and um, we didn't have any kind of, like, uh, stuff that was that was in the rooms already ready to go i would bring everything in with me we'd do a little bit of decorating in the hall you know kind of just creating a little atmosphere there in the corner um, but it was really cool because we got to see god grow and and through that we went from four to 35 to 85 to 100 and within seven years we'd grown into 350 kids which was awesome so um, but it was all just doing things uh, that we're going to talk about today and that's creativity now, the, the goal of this time is not for me to be like, hey, these are the things that you have to do to be creative. This is this, or you know, tell you what's going on, like what's happening in our, like, at our church, or tell you what I've seen at other churches. Because, and uh, I'm not gonna show you uh, a bunch of pictures at the beginning, I'm gonna show you some at the end, but I didn't wanna do that because I, did, I wanted you guys to be able to understand that the creativity um, for your area comes from you. God has geared everybody in here to be very creative. And God himself is the ultimate person when it comes to creativity. He created us. He created everything. I mean, if you ever watch any of these uh, <clears throat> amazing documentaries, uh, I was watching one uh, the other night with my wife called uh, One Strange Rock. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Uh, and it was just kind of just amazing how things from one, one part of the planet help another part of the planet and how God just like kind of created just masterfully how everything just works together. I find that stuff really, really fascinating. Well, the reason why it's important for us to be creative, especially when it comes to church world, okay, is because every Sunday matters. Every interaction that we have with every kid matters. And it's important because it's our opportunity that we get to teach them about God and about Jesus and about the importance of having a relationship with Him. Because we understand that it's the most important thing that they'll ever do in their life is be able to give their life to Christ, to be able to develop that relationship. So we want to be able to do everything we can to help remove roadblocks, to help remove the barriers. And that's really kind of what creativity does. It helps kind of uh, uh, make a, uh, a playing field that's really easy to navigate, really easy to understand for kids. And uh, we're going to talk through this in the lens of what things that you can do or things that you need to keep in mind when it comes to creativity. Um, again, being creative really matters because God is the ultimate in creativity. Now, there's also somebody that we would say is very creative. And uh, he would probably be what we would say the, the modern uh, person that you would say we think of when you think of creativity. And that would be Walt Disney. Any Disney fans in here, by the way? I'm a huge Disney fan, I'm, you know. And, and, and I love it because it's really kind of cool because he used a lot of principles and stuff when it came to creativity, but they were biblical principles. And the funny thing is, is he's using biblical principles that he doesn't even realize that were created thousands of years before he was even born. 
So it's really kind of amazing. And one of my favorite absolutely uh, uh, things about Walt Disney is just the way that he kind of would word different things. But um, the, he understood the importance of uh, the next generation and kids and, the, and, and helping uh, kids have a great experience. Because uh, kids today, when it comes to faith, the most important thing that they need to do is be able to understand their faith. Okay? They need to understand it. So it's got to be very clear. It's got to connect with them. Um, I put this actually in the, uh, in the notes. Like, uh, kids need to understand their faith before they can own it and live it out. Because it's important in those steps. When you think of steps, they have to understand it before they can own it. Owning it is when they make that choice and they say, hey, you know what? I understand this. I believe this. I'm taking this. This is, this is, this is for me. I'm owning it. And then once they own it, they can actually live it out. You can't take these steps out of reverse order. They can't live it out if they don't understand it. They can't own it if they don't understand it. it has to be, they have to understand it. And that's what help, That's where creativity helps create that, that type of playing field. Now, uh, Walt Disney, again, when I was talking about, like in the secular world, he had uh, some great quotes. And one of, my, one of my favorite quotes that he had was this one here. Um, Whatever you do, do it well. Do it so well, when people see you do it, they will want to come back and see you do it again. And they will want to bring others so that you can show them how well you do what you do. It's a great little saying, right? That's, oh, you know what, that, you know, even if we put that in the lens of, of church, okay? We want kids to have such a great time, they're so excited that they want to come back week after week and they want to bring their friends. So this quote gets attributed to Walt Disney. But actually, you know, it's also in Matthew. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, let me go backwards here. Oh, what? Uh, nope. Going back one more. Sorry. The clicker never works the way that you want it to. Let's try it now. Here we go. This is it. I know it's gonna work now. In the same way, let your line shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Very similar, right? And then when we go to Colossians, chapter 3, verse 23, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as we're working for the Lord, not for human masters. Now see, the, the interesting thing is Walt Disney, a lot of his stuff, he was all geared towards the, the entertainment of, of families and kids and creating like a shared experience, which is great, which is absolutely, that's awesome. But it was, it was about the show, okay? It was about uh, the entertainment of it, okay? In these two verses, we understand, like, what we're pointing to is we're pointing to the person that's changed our lives forever. Everything points back to God. God gets the glory, but it's what we're doing to let our light shine before others. And I think that's where creativity comes into play. And, the, you know, uh, it's the whole reason behind doing what we do. Um, so... I'm going to talk to you about a few uh, things. And first thing I want you to think of is I want you to think of engagement versus entertainment. All right? There's a big difference. Okay? We want to engage kids. And the important thing is when it comes to using cre uh, creativity, you're engaging kids where they're at, not where you're at. It's about getting on their level. And it's not about creating something that's just entertainment. Okay? It's engagement because engagement is going to lead them to be able to be focused, to be able to, to help understand, comprehend. It's going to help, 
it's going to just help that process in their in in their minds of understanding the scripture or what a biblical truth that you're you're teaching, engaging them versus entertaining them. Does everybody kind of understand the difference between the two? You ever been to a, a you know a, a presentation that's kind of been more entertaining than engaging? It's been kind of like okay, you know, like you walk away and then, you know it's fun, you know, but I you know really didn't kind of learn anything from it, you know. Uh, what we want to be able to do, especially when it comes to church worlds, we want to make sure that it's super engaging for kids. What can they do? Um, <coughs> so I came up with some keys to creativity. The first one is time. Time. It's super, super important. Uh, because, you know, time actually equals effort. All right? Uh, going the extra mile... That actually means like uh, setting, maybe setting up uh, on a Sunday morning some of the things that you do to help create the environment uh, might take a little longer. Uh, when I was in the when I was doing uh, the children's ministry in the hallway of the banquet facility, um, I could have just pulled up a couple different things and just had a little few things in there and called it a day. But I wanted to go the extra mile because in my mind. If I did, if I did the couple extra things by like a, you know, if we were talking about treasure, I would take a tarp and make it look like a treasure map and put it on the back because I would want to do things that would help kids create pictures in their mind mentally and go the extra mile because if that means the difference between them getting that biblical truth and them not, that's a huge difference. Because remember, our job is to teach kids the Bible, not teach the Bible to kids. There's a difference. You, uh, and, and I know it's kind of semantics and things, but like teaching kids the Bible, that means that you're going along at the level that they understand. When you say that I'm just going to teach the Bible to kids, I'm just going to teach the truth, I'm just going to pass it along, and then whatever you get, you get, you know, and that's it. Well, that's never the way to teach to kids, you know. Kids actually learn, just like adults, if you really think about it, most of us are stirred by uh, by uh, by, um, you know, like we're, we're moved by inspiration versus information, you know? There's something that's gonna inspire us uh, versus, uh, you know, like kind of a lecture. Uh, <coughs> my theology teacher, when I was at Word Life Bible Institute, was a guy by the name of Charles Ryrie. Anybody heard of Charles Ryrie, uh, the Ryrie study Bible? Brilliant man, okay? Man knew everything in and out. Not the most creative teacher, okay? Uh, very, uh, uh, as a 20 year old, I had a hard time staying awake in class <laughs> because I mean, he was using big words. I mean, it's like, you know, everything. Uh, and it was all just information, all lecture based. Well, when it comes to kids, we have to get on their level and we have to really make sure that, uh, what we're presenting that helps create that picture inside their mind that they're, they're grasping these biblical truths and these biblical concepts that were given to them. And it might require more of us. It actually might require more cleanup. It might require more, more uh, uh, a time and uh, in in researching something. But if it's the difference that it's going to make, you got to you got you got to take that extra time. You got to make that extra effort. The second one, equally important, <laughs> is intentionality. Okay. Uh, intentionality means that what you're wanting to do is you're staying focused on how the kids learn best. Intentionally doing it uh, um, specifically geared for them. 
being intentional about everything that you do, and it's not just, I'm just gonna take this uh, piece of curriculum that I got, and I'm gonna spit it out verbatim. Uh, I've never met a curriculum that you didn't have to tweak. Does anybody in here have to tweak their, their curriculum, right, when you, when you use curriculum, right? Because it's not, it's not just ready-made. Curriculum is just a tool. You have to tweak it. You have to be intentional about what you're going to do to make it come to life for the kids. The third key to this, okay, is consistency, okay? Consistency. That means it's week after week. It can't be a one and done. It can't be seasonal. The same commitment uh, and the level of execution has to happen week after week. <clears throat> Who in here does VBS? Anybody do VBS? How are the sets when you do your VBS? Do you guys go all out and you guys do your sets for VBS and the stage and stuff like that, right? It's a big difference, right? And it's not. And a lot of times it's not the same as what we would do on Sunday morning, correct? And usually the, the pushback on that is it just, it just takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of effort, right? Well, there's different ways to be able to make consistency happen week after week. So you get that, that wow VBS experience every week for the kids because they deserve it. But it's just in how you do it. And which leads us to our fourth one. All right. Because once we, once we put up this fourth one, you're going to understand, and this is going to lead into all of our conversation for the rest of this time. And that is teamwork. Yes, teamwork. Don't do it alone. Creativity is actually best in groups. Um, when you guys do your VBS or when you do some sort of special programming, uh, you get a team together, correct? Right? And you guys talk through different things. You talk through different ideas. Um, uh, anybody in here have a creativity team on their children's ministry team at all? I would highly recommend that. And you usually have a lot of people that would be like, okay, I'm, I'm willing to be on something like that. And you get like four or five people and be like, you know, like, hey, we want you to think through great ways that we could um, be able to week after week uh, use uh, biblical, these, you know, speak these biblical truths. So, for example, we actually change out our set, our, our stage sets every month. <clears throat> we use a curriculum called Orange, but uh, we tweak it heavily. And uh, we have different sets each month. And uh, we have a team of people that come in and actually change them out. And we get great ideas from this amazing new um, <coughs> app that's been around a long time. It's called Pinterest, but I call it Mantrist. So uh, there is so many different great ideas on there. Does anybody here use Pinterest, by the way? How many, how many of you guys have found like, some amazing ideas, right? <laughs> really cool stuff, and you're like, oh, that's, that's awesome. And you like tag it, and you create some boards, and you're like, all right, this is good, this is good. And, um, oh, this would be great for if we did you know, volunteer appreciation, or this would be great if we did this. You know, there's a lot of really cool ideas that you can get off of Pinterest. Now, the nice thing is, is when you have a creativity team, so let's just say, for example, you guys are my creativity team, and I get to come in with you guys every, you know, couple months or whatever, and we get to sit down, we get to discuss. So I can actually be with you because, you know, all of us is way smarter than one of us, okay? Because she's going to see things from a different lens than I ever would, you're going to see things from a different lens than I ever would. You're going to realize that, hey, you know, a third grade boy might destroy this, 
you know, think about that before we, you know, enter into that. That's why it's important not to do it on your own. The other thing is, is now I've created this team and they've got a whole bunch of, of ownership now in the ministry. We have about 30 ladies that come in every Tuesday and they come in from nine till noon. We offer childcare at the church uh, during this time. So it's like for, just for three hours. So, and, um, but the really cool thing is, so for, uh, we pay, uh, I think it's like $60 for, for the three child care workers that we have. But every week we get, you know, 20 to 30 ladies that come in and they do a tremendous job because we just provide them the opportunity to come in and have a community during the week to be able to clean the rooms, prep different things, set up stuff for us. Uh, and it gives them great ownership, gives them a sense of community. But it was an easy thing that we did. We talked about, uh, you know, how can we be more creative more resourceful with the things that we have. Everybody in this room has done some really creative things. I'm sure of it. Whether you realize it or not, you have done some creative things. Um, just to see if anybody would be willing to admit this. Who in here thinks that they're not creative? Anybody in here think that they're not creative? Okay. What would make you think you're not creative? Just out of curiosity. Well, I don't have, I don't, I don't <laughs> I can't visualize things to see what they look like. But but can you do this? Can you when you see something, can you see how to put it together at that point? See that now that's that's a creative piece. Now some people can um, some people can get the idea of what something would look like and have no clue how to execute it. Okay? And then sometimes your plans can get so grand and so big there's no way in the world you could ever pull it off. You ever have that? Oh yeah, and then we could have a bounce house and it could slide down into the baptismal pool and the kids could come out and you know, it would be it'd be so, you know, like you know, like you could just like go, you know, way over the top. And then again, that's where you go back to what I had said, you're thinking engagement, not entertainment. Because sometimes when we start spinning and we start, oh, this would be really entertaining. And that's, that's all good, but you gotta make sure that piece of engagement because it all has to point back to what you want to accomplish. What you want to accomplish. And that's why I think it's important that creativity actually goes into every area of your ministry. So we're actually, that's what we're gonna talk about. And this is gonna take up the, the kind of the bulk of our time. And I'm probably gonna say some things here, I'm just gonna, forewarn you that might upset the apple cart a little bit, but hopefully not. Um, when you think of service programming, in other words, okay, how, what does our Sunday experience look like? How many of you would say that uh, services, you know, it should be like on Sunday morning, it's, it's worship, followed by announcements, followed by worship again, Offering, message, dismissal, right? <laughs> right? Now, 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 and with kids, kids, what about kids? Same way? Kids, same way? Who starts out with worship with, with their kids' ministry and their, when you do the church, okay? Uh, um, Just praying. What do, you guys, what do you guys usually start with? A prayer. Prayer? Okay, okay, awesome. That's, that's perfect. Uh, Y'all should start prayer. Yeah, yeah. Preschool. Um, what do you guys start? What do you start with when you when you do your uh, children's ministry service? You don't mind me asking. I'm just going to start. 
Uh, yes. Worship. Worship. Okay. What, what do you start with? You don't have any. Well, if you did, what would you start with? Praying. Praying. Okay, that's great. Word game. Sorry. Prayer and then. Yeah. Prayer and then the message. Prayer and then the message. Do you know the really cool thing is, is in the Bible, there is no order of service. Sure. You know, it's not in in Galatians anywhere where he gathered them together. They sang. 2.5 worship songs. <laughs> Timothy collected the offering. Then, you know, guest speaker Barnabas, you know, you know, and then, uh, you know, uh, whatever. You know, it, it doesn't say that. Now, the cool thing is with kids, now kids do like repetition and there should be some, some re repetition, but it's also great to change things up. Yes. Oh, yeah. We, like, for example, in our, in our fourth and fifth grade environment, which is our preteen ministry, we don't do worship until after small group because what we found is we found that they're more apt to engage in worship coming out from small group time or Sunday school time where they've been studying the word they've been kind of understanding they've been kind of thinking rather than they they've been uh, kind of just playing and waiting for for service to start and when service starts and we're like all right everybody then we're just gonna go start start to worship you know we want it to have purpose we want it to have meaning so therefore what we do is we make sure it's it's at a time where they're going to engage most, and when it comes to worship, so let's just let's just let's just start with worship, okay? Um, I think that's the that's the first one on here. Well, actually, no environment, but we'll we'll get to we'll get to environment. But let's go. To, let's just start with worship, and we'll come back to environment. The worship that we do, um, and this was a great lesson that I learned from from other children's pastors in the past is we don't do a whole lot of love songs, like, you know, and a lot of uh, poetic songs for kids because they could be singing words that they really don't understand. We do a lot of declarative songs, you know, you know, like how Jesus loves you, you know, like different things where they're, they're more declarative. Like uh, for our fourth and fifth grade, one of the songs they absolutely love, it's called the Creed, and that's where, you know, they're saying like, I believe in God the Father, I believe in, in God the Son, you know, I believe, you know. I, you know all those different things, but there's there it's it's very repetitive. It's very declarative. It's actually saying things versus things that could be tend to be a little bit more poetic, where we kind of go over their their heads a little bit because you want to be able to worship to have meaning rather than just being in a segment that kind of fills up. Um, do, when you guys do worship, do you guys have dance moves that go along? Anybody do dance moves, right? Yeah, sometimes. Right? sometimes. Well, that, that's a great way, and especially with preschoolers, it's a really, really good way getting them to <laughs> be involved. And we use actually we use the hand motions even when we talk about our scripture verses. So, an excellent way to get them to to learn. But sometimes in worship, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever had this happen, but some of the uh, some of that the, the the moves can be a little bit uh, uh, difficult for younger kids to be able to. Uh, to move along with, we've bought a couple of those DVDs where they've got the hand motions with them, and man, it, it comes across like an interpretive dance from like a college studio or something like that, and like the kids don't know, like you know, like well, you gotta like hop on one leg and you know do it like, you know, I can't floss, the kids can floss, so that's great, you know, which is you know, um, that they can get, but you know, there's other there's other moves that are way more complicated, so like we try to do things that are very simple easy for them to fall through that have uh, uh, common motions to them. What are some other, what are some things that you guys do when it comes to worship? How do you get engaged kids in worship? Anybody in here uh, 
feel like getting the kids really engaged in worship? I'm talking about music worship? Yes, music worship. We have a basket full of two-inch wide ribbons, and uh -huh. the kids are able to take turns, pick out which ribbon uh -huh. they want, and then they dance to the music. You know, and we, we encourage them by that time they've already sat for a few minutes, yeah. and we want them to move. And so we ask them, you know, put your hands up, you know, move, wave your arms around, mm -hmm. keep some space between you, but, but move your whole body. Right. And with the music, you know, one song is a little slow, and then the next song will be very fast, and we do two to three, maybe sometimes four, depends on yeah. the environment. They see it on the screen. And they see it on the screen, too, right? So you're creating a visual, mm -hmm. right? That's awesome. And just let them play. They do better when we yes. do it on the screen. Now, uh, and, and the age group you're talking about is three and four-year-olds. Four so you wouldn't necessarily do that with middle schoolers. No, no. You know, because they will beat each other with ribbons, even though they, they really couldn't, but they would try. So, uh, so again, but see, that's a great because it's something that's active. It's something that allows them to learn because kids are active learners, okay? Kids are active learners. So when you start out your service, you know, when it comes to worship, you want something that's going to be, again, engaging, okay? So if worship is the first thing that you're doing, you want it to be very, very engaging to them. You want them to have ownership in it. Um, one of the things I noticed when I first had come to Bethlehem is we are fourth and fifth graders. Uh, they were all together. We were, they used to have them all together where it was kindergarten all the way through fifth grade. We just, we, we separated fourth, fourth and fifth. Uh, because uh, the fourth and fifth graders would stand there like this and then do this to their neighbor you know yeah and then uh, it was it, they weren't engaged in it at all so we also we, we we knew that we needed to also work with our fourth and fifth graders to get them ready to go into middle school because it's a huge transition now in the lives of kids so we pulled them out, created their own environment, and then gave them ownership in how they do worship. In other words, they chose how they did worship, and they are fully engaged in that, all of them. They get to lead worship, so, and they rotate who gets up there to lead worship. They're, they go up there, and they all, you know, there'll be six of them up on the stage, and then they'll come down, and then they'll get another six, and then they'll do the next song. But they all love doing it, and it helps them engage because we gave them ownership because it's their, their class. But it was it was it was making it part for them, and that's what we did when it came to worship. Now, jumping backwards, which I should have done environment first. Uh, environment actually kind of sets the tone when you come in. So, for example, when when new families walk into your church, would they necessarily say that you are a family friendly church? Okay, think about that. I, I could say that uh, the one of the first churches that I served at, and a couple of churches that it was at uh, when I first came on staff, <coughs> you, uh, not so much. You wouldn't say it was, you know, or wasn't necessarily boyfriend. And this was um, one of the churches that I served at, and I served there for about five years. Great, great church, um, but they they were they were having issues because no boys wanted to 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 come and be part of the children's ministry, especially kindergarten through through fifth grade. And uh, I walked in, they said, you could change whatever you want, and this is our, this is it. And I walked in and it, the ministry was called Sunfields. And of course, it, Sun was spelled S-O-N, okay. And it was sunflowers everywhere. So all these beautiful sunflowers down the walls, 
uh, in, uh, to go into the rooms where you were signing in was these uh, planter wagons. Uh, it had uh, a lot of different, uh, like, uh, pretty little, you know, uh, things which appealed to the girls, but it didn't appeal to the boys because not many third or fourth graders wanted to be in there, something called Sunfields, you know? And especially when everything was yellow, I mean, like, so yellow, you know, yeah, yeah, it was really, really yellow. But, uh, I mean, and it was a great idea and concept, but here's the thing is, what you have to think it through is when you're thinking through um, your church, you're gonna have a mixture of boys and girls. You don't wanna annihilate one for the other. And what's funny is when I was talking to the ladies about, let's go ahead and we're gonna change this, and they're like, but the girls really, really like this. This is a great theme for the girls. Okay, and Sunfields, it had become such a brand and like, you know, Sunfields and Sunfields and Sunfields. And I was like, well, you know, the brand actually became the identity of the children's ministry rather than the church. So I said, well, we're gonna change it. We're actually gonna change it to be Grace Kids, okay? Because we're in a, we are the next generation of Grace Church. So we didn't want to call it a specific theme where it kind of just kind of encompassed everything. We changed it a little bit. Um, and we wanted to make it so that it was friendly for both boys and for, for girls. Kind of makes sense, right? That's an easy, that's an easy kind of draw. But how many times have you guys ever done something and you find, you find yourself either doing it, tailoring it too much for guys or too much for girls, right? Again, that's the beauty of having a creativity team is because they're gonna tell you, hey, you know, what about this group of people? What about that group of people? Um, environments. Um, would you, who in here would say that their environment is probably the area that they would like to improve the most? Okay, all right, awesome, awesome. What, what is it that uh, frustrates you about your environment, if you don't mind asking? Uniform. Uniform, okay. Yeah, very kind of stagnant. stagnant, okay, okay. It's brown what? beating, going down and brick wall, it's just, yeah. it's just, it's old, it's so old, it's so old. <laughs> so old. When they put our building in, all the walls were painted like this tan color. Yeah. I mean, with flat paint. Flat, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no color anywhere. Yeah. In the building. I mean, the, the institutionalized, the right? Wall, yes. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Come in. You know. Well, our classrooms are painted. My classroom is that color. This color. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like, yes, it's like, yeah, okay, you need sunglasses sometimes walking in. Yes. We had yeah. that, that on our hallway, and everybody says, oh, they didn't like it. They uh -huh. changed it. We changed it later on, but you walk into that. Yeah. I like it, but yeah, I'm only one person. <laughs> no, but it's okay. And here's the thing it's like, a lot of times we can decorate and we can theme to what, what's our preference. What about the kids? You know, you got to. Find out what, what kids are like, what's, what's current, you know, what's gonna connect with them. And so like, uh, one example, when you're thinking of like painting or whatever, I think it's good that you do like one focal wall and like three of the others, right. but definitely gotta have some color. color. You can't have it be like stark gray, you know, when I grew up it was, uh, it was cinder block walls that were white and the only thing that we had on the cinder block wall was our flannel board. Anybody remember flannel boards by the way? Yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody still use flannel boards? Okay, all right, yes. 
Now, we're see, talking three and four year olds. And three and four. Love oh yeah. The oh yeah. Interaction of it. Hey, I remember being told how to use a flannel board. Make sure that you never ever grab the characters by the head. Make sure you grab them. By, oh, it's, oh, that's yeah, that's important. You know, I'm like okay. Um, but yeah, so that's all we had, you know, and this was in my third, fourth, fifth grade class, you know, and my dad was the pastor. So um, when you think of your environment, so you think it's stagnant, there's probably a lot of things in your mind that you'd be like, I would change this immediately, right? What is the biggest hurdle in changing your environment? The building committee. The building committee. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we had... You can't stick anything on the wall, or you can't do this, you can't do that. Huh? We had one, one, one of our rules. Rules. Some of our rules. We had to say, look, we got to change some rules. Yeah. We got to change some rules. The person that has to fight for for change, for creativity, for because you got to have the space to be able to be yes. creative, and you have to fight for that. Yeah, so you are the people that actually have to lead that change. Okay. Um, yeah, because it's it's never good when you have to fight those those kind of battles. You know, like. Um, a, to me, creating an environment where a kid's excited to come in is more important than having to touch up a wall every, you know, right. 90 days to, you know, six months. You know, a wall can easily be painted. I think one thing that can change your environment pretty easily and inexpensively that buildings and rooms don't complain about as much is, um, like, rooms like this with the, these kind of lights, like, are very sterile looking, yeah. even when you have all colors yeah but like if you can have like um some of those cheap lights like lamps yeah. that have the different colors or whatever if you can put those in like your rooms and turn off these kind of lights it, it just amazing. changes your children's whole attitude when they come in they're like something's happening oh yeah like, uh, <laughs> something what are we doing today the you know the lights are off you know? yeah yeah and they're like oh it's like a but it's an yeah. attitude changer or oh yeah like, Put out Christmas light, you know, or whatever, like that. Any kind of like lighting change makes a big difference. Oh, it makes a huge difference because it can set the tone. Uh, it's funny because we did a. Uh, I took our whole staff, our our children's ministry team down, and we we actually went and did a Disney Institute uh, thing. Uh, a friend of mine who works down there, and uh, he'd given us a uh, one of their sheets that they kind of do when they talk through different ways that they do uh, their programming for. Uh, on stage, like the theatrical stuff. So they do three types of stages. And one is, one's theater in the round, one is theater from front, and one is called open air theater, which is like a street performer kind of thing. But it was kind of funny, they had all these different things timed down to when they do light changes, when they do audience interaction, and it's all mapped out to a science. And it's crazy because it does, it captures the kid's imagination. The one thing you really don't want your room to look like, and unfortunately sometimes we do it, whether we realize it or not, you don't want it to look like a school classroom because that's where they spent their entire week in the first place. You know, you want it to be something that's, that they get to come to, you know, that they get to be part of. Is it a place that, your, that kids would want to invite their friends to be part of? Um, there was a saying once, uh, and this was a really tough saying, and, and uh, I remember my wife, when she had heard it, she began to cry because she kind of felt this way. And it says, uh, if you want children to walk away from the church, especially even your kids, force them to attend a church you wish you didn't have to. You know, force them to be a part of an environment that you wish that, that, that you didn't have to be part of. 
And I, I thought that was very interesting. And my, my wife, you know, really, it really profoundly affected her because what we were doing is instead of being champions for helping change that, you know, we were trying to force our kids into being a, a, in an area that wasn't helping them grow. And then if they're not growing and they don't, they're not, they're not going to be engaged. They're not going to be uh, equipped. They're not going to be able to uh, uh, really own their faith. And that's what we wanted them to do. You know, because if they didn't want to be there, then, they, then you know, that's, that's, that's just not winning at all. I mean, our whole job and our whole idea is we want to be able to win with kids and win with families. And the way to do that is in, by engaging them. Creativity is the avenue in which we do that. And it's in our environments. How many would you say money is a big thing? Right? Finances? It's, it's hard, you know? And also the thing that you have to guard about when it comes to environment and doing changes is you have to guard against comparing because that also gets you kind of in trouble because uh, I remember we spent more on a one projector in the auditorium than we did in our entire children's ministry for the year. So, you know, you can kind of be like, oh, where's the value? You know, like, oh, you know, but that's not it. But that's, this is where your creativity kind of gets to be pushed. And you can do a lot of things on a little bit of money to no money. The dollar store can be your very, very best friend. You know? And you can do some really, really cool things with a dollar store. You know? Um, things with pool noodles. Things with, you know, like all different kinds of stuff that they have. Uh, you know, things with tablecloths that they have. Like there's so many different great ideas that you can get from Pinterest in creating an environment that kids really want to be a part of. Now, and also in the environment, I'm creating the tone when kids first come in. Who in here does things where you actually have the like stuff for kids to do when they first walk in? Like, because do your kids get there a little early, right? Mm -hmm. what, what are some of the things you guys do when your kids come in? <coughs> if you don't mind me sharing, uh, asking. Okay, okay. We're going to change it up this weekend, and because um, we're starting to talk about being forced to work, you mm -hmm. know, when the nation's divided. Uh huh. I'm putting shaving cream on the table and they're going to clean the table and they love it because it's oh, yeah. four-year-olds and it's tactile. And so oh, yeah. We usually do a coloring sheet or you know an activity page. We change it up occasionally just just to knock off that routine. Mm -hmm. So they're going to come into shaving cream cans, you know, oh, okay. shaving cream cans. And that's very creative. That's a great idea. They love it. Yeah, and that's it something. smells so good. It cleans the tabletops perfectly. <laughs> See, that's watch interesting. Better watch those ch child labor laws, though. You know, I'm saying. <laughs> I think uh, the five minutes. What else? What else do you guys do? Sometimes it's just a Pinterest activity. Activity? That goes along with the lesson. Uh -huh. so, yeah. That's great. That's great. I can fit some blocks. I mean, uh -huh. we were talking about the temple last week, you know, yeah. building the temple. Yeah. And we had some blocks and stuff. I don't know that we did that exactly the first thing, but when we were going from mm -hmm. Sunday school to children's church and they'd already been there, yeah. a whole hour yeah they were in there playing so we really didn't start worship like worship because yeah. they were playing to them to get them to sit back again yeah. well see and the cool thing about that is because what you want to do when kids come in in your environment you want them to feel comfortable but you want uh, one thing that we Baptists are good at more than anything else you should actually add this as a spiritual discipline or a spiritual gift in our in our test mix 
is fellowship, correct? You know, we got we 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 know how to fellowship. Fellowship is about building relationships. So we have a lot of things for kids to do in our in, in our church where they'll come in, and there's multiple things for them to do, but everything is multi-person. And we have small group leaders or Sunday school teachers that are there interacting at every every uh, area. So we have a foosball table. Well, you know what? There's a there's somebody there that's, you know, either either the, the leader is there playing with the kids or he's acting as the announcer or she's acting as the, you know, play-by-play -play commentator, you know, for the kids that are doing that. We have an air hockey table that, that actually it's round and you can have four people play against each other and it's a lot of fun. And once the, you're scored on, you go out, the next person comes in and it's really fast-paced and they love that a Lego wall. Everything that we do, we don't do anything that's designed for kids to play by themselves. Everything is meant for kids to be able to do it together and to build fellowship and connection and community so that we build the relationship so when we go into service and we have these conversations, we've built time, we've built relationships. And, and you know, especially with new kids that are coming in, sure. um, getting down on the ground and, and, and building something with them on the Lego wall with another, with another kid, introducing them to a friend, that's huge, absolutely huge. Because again, it takes that apprehension away from them and it helps break down those barriers. <clears throat> on environment, anything else that you guys see that in your environment that you kind of like, uh, you know? How about, how about safety wise? Anything like kind of make you concerned about your environment safety-wise? I remember we, one of the things that we just finished addressing is we just, um, our lockdown, the way we had, we had too many entrances and exits into our children's area. So figuring out how to do our lockdown thing was a huge deal. Um, and also <clears throat> we, had, we had classrooms that were kind of, you know, not as big as this, but <clears throat> we had the doors and we had baby gates on the doors down our preschool and it was preschool room after preschool room after preschool room down the one hallway and what what i realized when i first had gotten there is you got kids that are you know being dropped off mom and dad and they're not necessarily you ever have the kid that's not happy that mom drops them off and they're screaming they're shaking the bar you know it's like walking the green mile of preschool you know uh you know because the kid i mean it's just all like just gates and kids are shaking what we did is we we made a little bit of a half wall about uh you know three feet into the room that kind of came across and was uh you know 50 inches tall but then had the baby gate on the inside this way when we the parents dropped them off kids couldn't see people walking up and down the hallway they were kind of focused in their like area and that's kind of like where we made like a little play area and stuff like that so that it just kind of helped ease that transition. Mm -hmm. So thinking through things that are functional, security wise, how it presents, and you don't have to have a whole lot of things in your room for it to be creative and be, for it to be engaging. It doesn't have to be over the top, okay? Because it also when it comes to creativity and engaging kids, we're part of that mix we need to be part of that mix. We're, we're, you know, we need to be the people that's helping engage, helping bring it to life. Can't just rely on just the environment itself. Any questions on environment? Again, there's a lot of things that you can do, but the important thing is, is getting other people around you to be able to, uh, to, to do it with, and that's teamwork, all right? The next, uh, 
The next area we're going to talk about is storytelling. Being creative in storytelling. Now in storytelling, one of the biggest things that I would highly recommend is never, ever, ever allow your Bible storyteller to read the Bible story from the paper in front of all the kids. Because that's the last thing you want. And then Noah grabbed two animals and they walked into the ark. You know, like, because it, it doesn't come across very engaging at all. And we, we've all seen it. You know, we've seen people that have come up and, and, and done the Bible story and kind of maybe weren't prepared to do it. And they just, you know, you have to be the person that actually holds the bar or holds the standard for your ministry area. And, uh, and you, when it comes to creativity when it, in the children's ministry, whoever you have up front also helps set the tone. You want somebody that's engaging, somebody that will get down on the kids' kids' level, understands the importance of changing uh, tone and inflection. You know, um, when kids are getting loud, sometimes it's also good to get soft. You know, and I'll be like, you, uh, you know what happened next? It was so crazy, and then I'll start to whisper, and then you can get kids to, like they'll really just start, what happened? What happened? And you start like engaging. The other thing we use is props. Always use props. Props are super, super important. And use props that are relevant and practical, okay? Things that would engage. For example, when I talk about the, um, when I talk about the armor of God, all right? I don't use the plastic armor set. Like I'll use like a real sword, a real helmet. Uh, one of the things that we've actually started doing even more so is done things that were even more relatable to kids. So for the helmet of salvation, I have a uh, an Iron Man helmet. Okay, and we talk about okay, well, what does the helmet do? Because it's like it's fully around. It's like you know, it's meant to guard. We talk about the helmet of salvation. When we talk about uh, the uh, sword of the spirit, I use a lightsaber. You know, kids recognize that. You know, it it puts mental pictures in their heads. Or sometimes I'll use like a real sword. You know, not one that's sharp, of course, but you know, I use a real sword, and just it, because I want them to understand that it's real. Real is always better, you know. Uh, or, uh, for example, earlier I was sharing a story in um, presenting the gospel to kids, and I talked about the time that I was in third grade, and we went to a store in in in, uh, in Myrtle Beach, and my parents asked me not to touch anything before we went into the store. And I had listened really, really good for about a minute and a half. And then I came across this item. And of course, I had the item kind of over here. And I was like, I grabbed it. And I'd never seen a ship inside of a boat before. And I was just staring at it, you know, and I'm talking about it. But I'm creating that visual where the kids can actually be inside the story with me. As I'm talking about how, you know, I was looking at it, I was so amazed. I lost track of time. And as I lost track of time, I looked up and my mom and dad weren't there. And I immediately thought, I'm lost, you know? Anybody ever have that feeling? Kids always raise their hand, you know, you're but you're using the prop. And I and you know, I went to go put it back on the shelf and go run and find my mom and dad, but I didn't quite get it on the shelf and it fell, but it didn't bounce. It actually shattered. You ever have one of those moments where you go, oh no, you know? And the kids are of course all like, yes. And I go, well, that was also magical because as soon as it shattered, my dad appeared at the end of the hallway, you know, at the, the, the end of the aisle. And I knew I was dead meat, you know. 
kind of again, you're 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 pulling stories where it's relatable for them, but using props because kids are visual. You have to use props. Think anytime that you do a Bible story, how can I present this in a way that they will understand? What can I give them visually that they can understand? Because it can't be just information. Something has to be hands-on. Something has to be tactical. You know, uh, you know, if you're talking about the, the, the raining, you know, there's nothing like squirting kids with a squirt bottle, you know, or having somebody run out with a super soaker and just spray and then run off, you know? Like, just creating a, a moment where it sticks out. What did you learn today? You know, like, you know, kind of thing like, and, and you're using it uh, uh, to help illustrate those biblical truths. So that's super, super important because that's the time where we get to share the gospel. That's the time where we get to share uh, about biblical practices, the importance of relationship with Christ, all those different things. Um, anybody got any questions on that one? How do you guys do the, your Bible storytelling? Anybody like you know think of creative ways that you guys do your Bible storytelling? With Jonah and the whale, Pinterest, my favorite. Yeah. They have a, a sheet over a bunch of chairs. Yeah. And we did the story in the belly of the whale. So that's awesome. Remembered that. Mm-hmm. They can tell you every inch of Jonah not going into the book because he had to mm-hmm. in the book. And you remember all that. I did the same thing with sheets last week with Sunday school because it was about Aquila and Priscilla, tent makers. And I okay. took the sheets and had each kid oh, yeah. drape them over the chairs. But, but what was so funny, those kids, I mean, back in my day, we made tents yeah. out of sheets oh, yeah. and brought under the table. They didn't know what to do yeah. with them. They were like, Make a tent. Make a yeah. tent. We still. Um, that's great. That's that's absolutely the walls fantastic. Of Jericho. I took a cardboard box, refrigerator mm-hmm. box, and I cut it into four pieces, covered it with white paper, mm-hmm. made it into bricks. You know, cut out yeah. the top. And then I put three a soda straw cut into three pieces on each corner, taped it to one side, two on one side, one yeah. on the other. And when they go together, you put a, a piece of wood down, a uh-huh. little tiny dowel, same size yeah. as the straw. It holds it together, tied to a string. When they go around the thing, you know, until they're dizzy because they've been walking in circles. Two people pull the strings and the box falls apart in the room. And I tell you what, kids—that's awesome. Sixth grade still talk about how much fun they have. We also discovered that instead of giving them horns, if you give them bubbles to blow, it's a lot quieter. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! (laughs) Oh yeah! Yeah, I've also learned that you know, like, because and it's really cool because you could do like different things that'll help illustrate Bible Mm -hmm. stories, you know. Um, and I think repetitiveness in Bible storytelling, mm-hmm. even when you're doing crafts and different things like that, like so, like if you were doing something Rhyming. like that, like you know, re- reiterating the Bible story is huge. Repetitiveness is huge. Um, of course, if you want parents to hate you forever, <laughs> do a craft that involves glue and yeah. glitter on a windy day. Yeah. You know, because um, here's the funny thing: is like you know, and if you're also looking for one of the reasons, one of the ways that we were able to. Um, put a little bit more money into what we were able to do with the kids uh, for Bible storytelling, get different props or costumes or different things, is we actually took a lot of the money that we were doing for our specialty crafts and 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 uh, kind of moved that over to like the, the Bible story time just because, um, I don't know if you know this, but 80% of crafts don't even make it home. Mm-hmm. You know? So if you do a lot of time and effort into the crafts, it's not making it home. And you want to make sure that craft isn't something that's just busy work, you know? 
kids don't need busy work, you know, and especially the older the kids get, you know, they don't, uh, for example, fourth and fifth graders, they're not necessarily learning through a coloring sheet or a word search. You know how they're learning? It's through conversation. They're, they're at that age where they have to discover it for themselves because I'm sure you've found it that, you know, fourth and fifth grade starts the age where kids begin to know everything. You know, oh, I know, I know, you know. And then just through middle school and high school, it just gets even worse. But you know, uh, then they really know everything. But um, when you get a three-year-old that thinks they know everything, too. Yeah, oh yeah. Well. Oh, you get started early. <laughs> they must have older brothers and sisters then. Yeah. So, so um, anything else uh, you guys can think of on storytelling? Anybody have any and questions on that? He did a really good thing um, at Bible school uh, several years ago. Yeah. We had. Um, like the cave and stuff like that. Huh? And we did a tent and she did the cave stuff inside there yeah. and got the so Adam, a lion, a book about lions and, and the lions and books. compared it all and they just connected it all. So and that's we awesome. Something we'd had in already there. We put the books on the table that I got from the library yeah. and let them pick which one they wanted. That and a flashlight and they got to go in the tent that I covered with a blanket and uh -huh. hung paper stalactites with clothespins. And they got to go inside and find the animal inside and come back and talk about See, it. See, that's and perfect. Stuff we already had at church. They that's you great. You don't have to get anything. That's, uh, that's, we that's the book yeah. from the library. Yeah. But this is where the other two instances come fit. So we all can think of times where we did something that really created a, a moment. You know, or we've seen something that really created a moment in a kid's life. You know? The two points that I said earlier, which was consistency and intentionality, those are the hardest parts of it. Because that leads into the first one, which is time. Time. A lot of times we feel we're too busy, we end up shortchanging it, and when we shortchange it, we're sure actually shortchanging the kids. So that's why it has to become that mindset that I'm going to do whatever it takes to make the Word of God come to life for these kids. That has to be the mindset. Because especially as you're a, if you're the leader of your ministry, or whatever, you you set the bar. Everybody follows behind you. So like that has to be your thing. It's like week after week we're going to do this because we want to have that same experience for these kids every week every week you know uh, when you go to disney it's always a, a great experience week after week why wouldn't we have that for church why wouldn't we have that for church you know that's my thing is like we, we got to have that and then last but not least is small groups okay or sunday school is it creative is it engaging now see there's some great things that you were talking about how you you know when the kids are coming in there's some um, uh, for preschoolers there's stuff for them to do that's got stuff that's hands-on uh, for older kids you want to have stuff that helps spur conversation they're very competitive you, um, you can have a great conversation with fourth and fifth graders for in the 10 minutes before service doing a game of Uno, which they could be very competitive at, and they love and they know that. I mean, a deck of, car, a, a deck of Uno cards, which is what, $3 at Walmart, you know, can be used to have six kids around you where you're like, you know, you're playing Uno, but you're asking questions, hey, how was your week? You know, what'd you ask me to do at school, you know? Those kind of things, that's creativity, you know? That's being intentional, you know? Engaging the kids. It's not necessarily entertaining, but it's engaging. It's you want to be able to engage with the kids. All right. Uh, any any questions on like small group or you know the time that you have like one on one with kids? Does that make, does that make sense? 
Uh, everything that you do from your questions that you ask to the activities that you do, you want to do it on their age level, on their age level. Now, the reason why I saved these pictures for last, uh, just to show you, because I don't want it to be like, you know, like, hey, this is, this is how you're supposed to do it. Because it looks different in everybody's ministry. What, and, and because you work in your ministry, you know your ministry better than anybody else. It would be completely wrong for me to come in and tell you, this is what you need to do at your church. This is what you need to do at your church. That's not it. No, no, no. God's called you to be the leaders of your ministry, okay? There's different things we found that have worked in our, in, our, in our children's area. There's things we found that do not work in our children's area. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of having a lot of people around you doing the teamwork. You guys can, you can work together to create an environment that's really engaging. And if you want the parents to still like you after you give their children glitter pages to take home, put them in gallon Ziploc bags and yeah. them should. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. will make it home at least to the wastebasket yeah. and not get glitter in their car. Oh, yeah. And there's other things that we do, like so there's things being creative about how teaching kids spiritual disciplines. For example, who any, does anybody here give candy away, by the way? I know, and this, now some people may, again, this may be one more step. Don't say we don't, we don't just don't like to. Yes. Uh, you know, um, now we give, especially when it comes to our elementary kids, we actually give them like larger size candy if they come back with a because we, we send them home with a with a sheet of, uh, well, it's, it's uh, like a fold in half piece of paper, but it's got four devotions on it. So if they do those devotions and their parents check off on it and initial it each week, they bring that back, they get, they get like a full size either candy bar or M&M minis or something like that. And we give that to them when they, when they leave. That's like the last thing we do. Like, hey, did anybody do their God time cards this week? If you did your God time card, come on up. Or, you know, and they'll do that. And to us, I would rather give them a, a, you know, a 50 cent piece of candy for them doing a spiritual discipline Okay, they may be doing it for the candy, but I want them to also get that, that, you know, but they've done that. They've actually gone and they've actually read the scripture during the week. And you want to build that biblical habit in their life, you know, that spiritual discipline in their life. So to me, 50 cent piece of candy. Totally worth it. Totally worth it. All right, so here's some pictures of a couple of different environments. Some are from our church and some are from, from different churches. Some are from stuff on Pinterest that I've seen. Um, this is actually a portable environment. So this is actually done in a school. And so all that comes down. This is just paper. And this is uh, paper that's on foam boards that you get at Walmart, that you get at Home Depot. That's just like, they're like eight bucks a board for like a four by eight sheet mm -hmm. of, of board. And it's, and uh, you just cut it out with a, with a hot knife or with a foam knife. Uh, a lot of these little things, I think they got those either at the dollar store or at uh, or they ordered them online and they were like really dirt cheap because like you know it was like a power up theme so it was like a gaming kind of theme uh, but it was really 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 simple to do mm -hmm. really cool. and it created just a 3d environment and that is just blue paper on the background with just a couple little things that are attached to it so it was super simple super easy um, uh, one of our, our groups of ladies that does all of our stage theming they knocked that out um, and it, they set it up every week and it was maybe 25 minutes but they did the 25 for so doing that in 25 minutes and making they thought through how to how to hang the little things quickly and just lay those things out there and they had the little stands on them bring them in carry them again it's a portable environment we got to clear it out because it's a school and they can do that 20 minutes 
that's a lot nicer of an environment to walk into for kids to be like, oh, oh sure. what's going to happen today? And they change the stuff out every month. So, um, for example, now here we are in a, in, our, in a permanent environment in our children's area. So this, again, is just foam boards. That's paper lanterns. We were talking about creation. So, you know, it's got kind of a space theme, you know, but it's super simple and super easy. Yeah. You could do like, you know, and none of it costs a tremendous amount of money. You know, and we use volunteers to be able to do a lot of this stuff because it gave them ownership. The ladies and, and, and uh, there's no, one other gentleman that has some of the woodworking, they love the fact that they can, because they can't work necessarily sometimes on Sunday mornings, but they, them coming and doing it during the week, they love the fact that they're able to create an environment for kids that's really engaging for them. You know that they get to be part of, um, and they I mean, some of them have been doing it for three years now. You know, since we first started, and it's amazing. And that team has just continually grown. Um, here's another uh, environment that this was something somebody sent on Pinterest. Again, you just see that this is just like some uh, basic little uh, parachute fabric that was some kind of stretch thing. This is just a, a one of those. Uh, Concrete tubes that you can get at Home Depot and little uh, pieces of board. That's uh, uh, aluminum foil wrap. This is a box. You know, it's just little things that you can do to create an environment. We've all done it. We've done it with VBS. We've done it with a lot of different things. But just the environment that you create sets the tone. It says, you know what? I value kids. I value what they mean to our church. We value families. That communicates uh, more than words ever could when a family walks in and they see, hey, somebody took some time. Somebody did this. Somebody took some intentionality behind that. That makes a big difference. You want, you want to, uh, your church to grow. You want to be able to reach families. Do things that help families feel valued and feel part of your church. Um, when it comes to small groups, okay, uh, actually, you know what? I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back one more. Also, worship. This is also kind of talks even a little bit about worship. Do you notice who's doing worship? The kids. It's so important to have kids up there because you relate to who you are. It needs to be representative of who's in the room. So if you're wanting kids to do kids' worship, have some kids up there leading because that gives them some ownership in it too. And not, and, and not just girls because we got, we, got, we got like three or four boys up here too. Um, and that's important because boys need to see boys up there doing worship, you know, and being fully engaged and helping others. Um, now, small group. So this is one of this is one of the ways we do small group for our fourth and fifth grade. They're all contained, you know. We do it like kind of restaurant style, uh, booth style, and it's great because they're able to kind of sit face to face, have different questions. And for our fourth and fifth grade, we spend a lot more time in our small groups, you know, our discussion time than we do ever in the, uh, in the large group setting. Large group setting, we just use it to kind of build the tension and we dismiss them into their small groups so they can look up scriptures to find the answer to the tension or the question that we asked for that day. Um, here's a really cool prop that I saw that, that I know a church uses every week when they do their Bible stories, okay? They'll pull their Bible story from the book in the bookshelf. And so they always wheel out their bookshelf that's got all the books of the Bible on it. It's really, really kind of cool because it's got Old Testament, New Testament, and when they come out and they'll, be, they'll do it, 
and they'll be like, okay, so today's story is from Jonah. And they go, Jonah's in the Old Testament. And it's a great way for them to kind of reiterate, okay, what one of the books of the Bible to kids? And it's visual. It's super visual. And it's really easy to do. I mean, as you can see, these are just boxes. Did I, what did I do? I bumped it? I did. There we go. It's just boxes that have little uh, paper things on the end. It's really, really, really a, a, a great way to constantly have the Bible in front of the kids and teaching them. Uh, this is large group for, for just for fourth and fifth grade. Again, they're, they're just sitting there just for about 10 minutes before they get dismissed into their, fourth, into their small groups. And we'll use this opportunity to introduce the tension. For example, a couple weeks ago, or a couple months ago, we, our question was, is there a sin that's, that's so big you can't be forgiven for it? And of course, kids would be like, yes and no, and yes, no. And we never answered that tension. We just kept expounding on, well, what if somebody did this? Well, what if somebody did that? You know, well, here's what we're going to do is we're going to go into our small groups. We're going to look up these scriptures and I want to find out what you guys, or I want you to tell me what you guys find when we come back. So we're sending them to discover the answers. We're pointing them to God's word, which is the source of these answers. And you're doing it with intentionality. You, you, you follow what I'm saying on that? Um, and also in the environment we do, we have like a Lego wall. These are really easy to do and really cheap to do. You can get like a pack of Lego uh, um, base, plates. base plates on Amazon for next to nothing. You can glue them onto a two by four and just lean it up against a wall, you know, or hook it onto a wall. Um, we just did ours with kind of a little bit of a wrap around it. <laughs> Now know what to do with all the letters yes. my grandsons are growing out of. So yeah, exactly. But it's it, and it's a really great way for and kids gravitate towards oh, yes. that. It's oh, amazing. Um, this is kind of just again. These are just uh, uh, not necessarily how you kind of do things, but like okay, this is a kindergarten. This is our kindergarten third grade environment. What we've done is we made the third grade is only in the third grades allowed upstairs and kind of locked. This is just the front room because in this other room is where they do their large group. This is just where they get to come and have their, their small group time, connection time, fellowship time. Everything, again, is designed for them to, to um, interact with multiple kids on there. So, you know, uh, uh, we do have a, like a, there is upstairs, upstairs there's a video game that's, uh, I think it's a, a Madden football and they can all play together. I don't know how they play it, but you know, kids are brilliant about that stuff. And then they have one that's downstairs, it's all Super Mario or Minecraft where they all get to build stuff together. They love doing that. But again, everything is designed specifically around ways to engage kids that it doesn't look like a classroom, doesn't look sterile, looks like a great environment for them. We have that in our third to fifth grade in the back. Yeah. And the kids are able to do those after they've done their lesson and if they've behaved and they get to take turns where everyone best behaved or most well behaved yeah the first few get to go first and then after that they get to turn out after five ten minutes yeah and that makes them want to bring their friends with them to church yeah and that was what our minister of that education decided football tables basketball hoops, yeah the air hockey table they got all that back because the keys when it comes to creativity it's it's different for everybody that's what I'm, that's really what you have to grasp because it's it's so different for everybody and you know what's going to work in your environment and little things constantly you know evolving on top of each other is going to help you don't have to do everything all at once 
but start somewhere. Do little things and start building on top of that, but do it intentionally um, geared for the environment that you're trying to reach where it's on their level and do it consistently. Those are the two biggest things that I could reach. And then finally, everything that you do, just, to, just so you know, we're completely clear and we all know this, you do it, you know, you also, you also pray through it, you know? Submit your plans to the Lord. I mean, like, I mean, everything that we do, we do through prayer. And I'm sure we've all had those Sundays where we had everything we thought, our eyes crossed, our T's dotted, and it just never turned out the way we wanted it to. But God showed up in the midst of it just to show, like, you know, like, his plans are always greater than our plans. My thing is, I just view whatever we do, we need to do it with all of our heart, with everything we have, because this generation needs Christ more than anybody else. And it's so important that we reach them where they are at. Not where we're at, not where we think they're at, where they are at. And that's, that's, that's really, really super, super important. So I just want to personally encourage you guys. I want to thank you so much for all that you do for the families of your church. Because it makes a huge difference week after week. The fact that you guys show up and the fact that you guys care. The fact that you're even here learning about how you can be more creative. That's huge. You're taking great steps, and I think that's amazing. So, uh, again, I just thank you. I thank you for all you do for your families at your church. So, um, let me pray for us. And if you guys have any questions or need anything from me, again, my uh, name is Bill uh, Hegedus, and you can reach me at bill at bethlehemchurch.us. Be more glad to, to talk with you. I'd love to learn th the things that you guys are doing. So, dearly Father, Lord, again, I just thank you so much for just. Every single man and woman in this room, Lord, I thank you for just their commitment and their heart to, to serve you. Lord, I thank you for their, for their church that they're here representing. Lord, I just thank you for um, just the heart that they have to be able to reach the next generation. Lord, I pray you would be with us this Sunday as, as we have more and more families come into the front doors of our church. Lord, let us be good stewards of the time that we get with them. Let us be good stewards of every moment that we have with these kids that we can speak life and truth into them, that we can share with them the importance of having a relationship with you and what you mean to, to us in our lives. Lord, I pray you would just, uh, again, be with everybody as they travel home, give them safe traveling mercies, Lord. Uh, we, again, we, everything that we do, we do to honor and glorify you. And we do this in your son's precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys very, very, very much.